Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwane Poo, and this is episode 172. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Prez, that's at Presidente on Twitter. Prez, how have you enjoyed your um, week off of Knicks basketball? It's been spectacular. Uh, I don't need that stress, so it was good to not have it. I got a chance to do a little bit of extra draft work. Um... Dropped a piece on, I don't know when this comes out, but I dropped a piece Wednesday, February 23rd, first of the season on the Strickland. So draft season's among us, which means I'm a happy camper. Isn't it upon us? Isn't that what you're supposed to say? That's what I said. What do you think I said? You said among. No, I said upon us. I don't know. Pronounce your shit better, loser. (laughs) Uh, All right, but we are joined by a special guest. He's been with us, I think, two times before. This is his third time. Third time lucky. His name is Mark Schindler. That's at M. Schindler NBA. He's a writer for Basketball News, Fear the Sword, and he has a podcast on Indie Cornrows with also friend of the pod, Caitlin Cooper. Mark, how you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, I think we just uh, coexist in each other's misery, uh, Pacers fans and uh and Knicks fans. I'm not a Pacer fan, but I do cover the team, so may as well be a fan sometimes considering what the fan base is like right now, but uh, yeah, man, I'm psyched to be here. We have some extremely exciting Tibbs bombs to break down today, so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, that really exciting Tibbs bombs. I'm super excited to start. Hold on a sec. Hold on. The fan base is not happy? The Pacers fan base? Oh, no, they just don't really exist. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, that's one man. Like, I feel like it's almost my job to care about the team sometimes. I was gonna say, I was like, you guys got a pretty good return for Sabonis, and then we all know dumbass Adam Silver is going to rig the draft so that Indiana native Jaden no, Ivey goes see, to the Pacers. I, I think that's wrong. And then Rick Carlisle is just going to demand that they they trade the pick for a a semi-established fifth man. So we Rick will. Carlisle's going to play Chris Duarte thirty nine minutes a game. <laughs> yeah. we, we and I will. love Chris. We will talk about lottery conspiracy theories later on this pod. But before we get started, I do have to announce that Strickland has a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There's a number of tiers that you can subscribe to. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to this pod right here every single Friday. It also gets you access to my mailbag that I do with Jeremy and Drew, although I gave them the week off, and I did that with Jeffrey Rasmussen instead. Uh, You get access to that every other week. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where you can yell about Tibbs all the time. Uh, if you so please, you can also talk about various other subjects like The Sopranos or Forrest Gump even. Um, but there's also a further tier. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to weekly articles by the wonderful Jack Huntley and Matthew Miranda. It also gets you access to my solo podcast where I yell about the Knicks more if that's something that you're interested in listening to. Uh, but beyond that, there's a $15 tier, a $30 tier, a $50 tier, and a $100 tier. Those get you access 
to watch parties that we do with the Discord. It also gets you access to merchandise discounts, potentially sitting in on pod recordings, and even potentially one day hosting a pod with yours truly and Perez. But whether you choose to subscribe or not, your support is appreciated. None of this would be possible without you. And without further ado, let's talk a little bit about the Knicks. Uh, let's talk about about a little bit about the breaking news that just dropped, uh, which is that Kemba Walker um, will not be playing with the team for the rest of the season. Uh, I don't even know who had it first. I think it was Woj. I don't really give a shit. All those fucking losers are the same. Um, so, yeah, that's what's happening. Kemba Walker no longer going to be playing basketball, which... Um, We'll get into what Tibbs's uh, pivot apparently is going to be uh, from that, but just on the surface, I'm extremely pleased. I don't have to watch this fucking guy play a single more minute of NBA basketball this year because he was terrible. Um, he was awful. He sucked at basically everything that you would want in a player at this level. Um, I hated his energy. I hated most every second of him playing. And I especially hated when he would hit shots randomly because I knew that that would mean that Tibbs would close the game with him, even though he sucked. So I'm extremely pleased with this decision. I think it was the right decision. I think they made a good, understandable gamble on Kemba in the offseason. It has not worked out. This is the point of making these gambles that are supposed to be low risk is that you cut the cord. They cut the cord. Um, I think it was the right decision. I'm happy about it. Good job, Knicks. Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Prez my bad. My bad. I was on mute. I was going to say it's about time for, you know, Kemba to go be a family man, right? Like we've seen, we've seen Bronx icons make this transition before. Fat Joe is now, uh, you know, his best hits are probably behind him. He's hey, more. Uh, let me know where Fat Joe gets his lip injections at, man. Um. Look, man. Where do you think he gets that? It's where he fucking lives in Miami. That's where. So, <laughs> yeah. like, Fat Joe, you know, th- these guys, they've done their part. And I do agree with Schwinn. Like, it, it was rough. It, it was bittersweet. You couldn't even enjoy the few times he got hot because he's going to be able to, like, shoot till he's fucking 80 years old. But, like, every every aggressive Kemba explosion quarter translated to, like, three games of or four games more of longer leash. And it, it, the whole exercise was kind of silly. And, like... I called it but, first, by the way. I was out on Kemba before anybody else on You were Twitter. out on Kemba, and then you came back on Kemba, and then you were out on Kemba again. So, no, I was uh, basically just out on him most of the time. The only thing I said is that, like, no, he no, fucking... We, we can no, find the receipt. You were out on Kemba, it. then no, you were no, like, no. Celtics fans were right, and then he had a couple of high-scoring games, and then for, like, a hot sec, you were like, oh, shit. But then he went back to being buns, and you came back to the original correct position. And anyway, the whole thing is, like, one of the things that I don't like that front offices do, and it's not like a common thing, is I hate when they play bad players in attempts to get their trade value from like zero oh, yes. to like shit ever. to like bag of chips. Like, like who the fuck are you fooling here? Like, yes, dumb GMs exist. Yes, GMs make dumb moves, and you can't rule out that it you know it's impossible or whatever. But like, you really, I it like I I've been probably more hesitant than most people if not everyone on Nick's Twitter to ding the front off the Knicks front office for stuff and I don't know how much of this was the front office how much was Tibbs but like 
just like what the who the fuck are you fooling? Like he's not got no team's gonna be like, oh, that one game, we'll give you a second rounder for him. Like it's just not how the NBA works anymore, man. So I'm glad they're done with this if, charade. If there was if there was ever a chance for, of them trading him for value, it was right after he had that player of the week. If that was yeah. it. They should have just fucking traded him right then. Um Yeah. I just want to clarify, I did not get back on the bandwagon. What I did do is <laughs> I said that if he could maintain this performance I would eat crow, and I he would be right, and he would be great, and he didn't because he can't because his knees are cooked and it sucks. But it is what it is. Um, I think maybe he can be like an impact sub somewhere. Yeah. For some reason, Tibbs decided that was, that, that was the, also the the other thing I wanted to just like just as we like put a bow on this shit, like the whole idea of like oh he has to start or he can't play because our bench point guard Derrick Rose is too good is 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 fucking insane. Like. What? Like, what kind of logic is that? That's ridiculous. Well, we're going to get into that logic because based on what apparently Tibbs thinks is the right pivot from here, sucks ass. But, uh, Mark, I guess if you want to give any thoughts on Kemba, this Kemba, like, this is just us all pouring out 40s for Kemba's time in New York. Schwinn's right pouring it out angrily, and I'm pouring it out with fond memories. No, I'm, I'm, pour- I'm pouring it out extremely happily, by the way. I have, like, <laughs> a huge smile on my face. I am, I'm very, I'm, I'm happy. I'm extremely pleased. I've wanted this to be over after like 15 games. Um, I even like tweet, I tweeted it out. I think Celt- and Celtics fans found it and they were like, we told you. I had to mute that. T- I muted that tweet. So it was like the most miserable, horrible thing. So I was just like, oh my God, the Celtics fans are right. I hate my life so much right now. <laughs> They love coming out and being like, look, that guy was super mid for us. We told you he was going to be mid as fuck. You should have known. Like, thanks. I, I respect uh, it because we do that too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I don't want to say that I'm not surprised that we've gotten here, just given how the year has gone. Um, I totally agree with you. If they could have traded him, they would have already. This this has been awkward for, you know, most of the season. Um I think what just makes it like, and I, I just hope people don't try and paint it as like, oh, you know, the Knicks shouldn't have done this. Like at the time, I thought this was a great move for the Knicks. Like bring back your, you know, the the hero from from the Bronx or Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. I think he's from Brooklyn. I can't he's remember. From I don't. The Bronx, you New York is just New York to me, man. Scoundrel. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. I'm sure this means I'm never going back on no, the block. I, 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 I think I think you might want to pawn him off on Brooklyn though. Right uh, he now. would look. Look, Mark was going to be the next draft Strickland guest, but we're going to have to been, reevaluate. Just like the front office is reevaluating Kemba Walker. All right. No, he was he was trying to he was trying to to paint the Bronx in a good light, man. He was trying to take that, that grenade off your hands. So yeah. I, I actually think he was doing you a solid. We're the borough of French Montana. I'm used to grenades. <laughs> okay. Is that, is that helping right. you at all? Like, <laughs> I know. I know. It's hard times in the Bronx. All right. They're still oh. trying to gentrify South Bronx and turn it into Sobro. So people are trying to go through some tough times right now. <laughs> all right. Well, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I obviously don't watch every single Knicks game. I don't think he's like turbo washed. I think he would make sense on other teams as as a backup guy or just somebody who could where he wasn't needed to actually stir the drink. But for for what the Knicks need, like he just hasn't needed to play for a while, man. Um, And I I, like I'm totally there with you. Like as soon as he got the opportunity to come back after he initially got sat, which that, that whole thing was was weird. And then he won player of the week like that. I mean, that whole thing's just been been whack as fuck, to be completely honest. I don't have a better way to put it. Like, 
the guard room has been weird. And as, as the team has gotten, as, as the team has hit a stage where it's progressively gone from, well, maybe they'll be okay to, no, they're just mid right now. Um, it's just made less and less sense for Kemba to actually play. Um, and I also, I think like part of this probably is coming from his camp too, to just have him uh, rest his knees. Cause he like, I mean, there are just nights where he doesn't have it at all in terms that's of any kind point. of burst getting downhill. So it's like, I, I imagine that's probably part of it too. But um, cause if, I mean, if Tibbs could find a way to play him, I am sure he would, but uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm there with you, man. Pour out the 40. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the way it was handled, um, I think there was pro- there's probably so much going on. I think the way this was handled today versus how the first benching was handled tells me everything I need to know about what happened. Because I think I've suspected for a long what, time. What happened? Though? How did? Because I don't even remember really how it went. Down. Literally just came out at like a fucking post practice press conference. It was like, yeah, Kemba's not playing anymore. I was <laughs> like, was wait, so whack, man. It was like, and like I'm I, based on how this went today and how that went. I am a thousand percent sure my hypothesis of how what happened was right. I think Tibbs basically just decided on his own, like, I'm benching Kemba. Communicated that to nobody else in the organization until that press conference, and that was it. And I think, like, we can sit here and pretend that's okay. Like, oh, yeah, like, the coach has the final say. But, like, that's that's not how any of this shit... Like, first of all, that's not how it works even at, like, high, like a top college or something like that. Forget the fucking NBA where contracts and egos and agents and all these kind of things are involved. Absolutely not how it works. Um, the bigger part of it for me, on top of like how insulting that is for a player like Kemba, and it's easy for me to sit here on like Twitter and be like, fuck you, Kemba, you don't deserve to start anymore. Like that's, that's fine. But like to actually handle that situation properly within an NBA context, I mean, that it, it clearly, it was clearly not done right, um, and, and on top of that, you're not just insulting Kemba and his agent, or whatever, but you're also insulting like there's no way Kemba signed with the Knicks purely because like on his own volition he was just like you know what I want to go to the Knicks. Let me contact Leon Rose and let him know. Like that's clear. Like that there's definitely somebody. There's probably a few people behind the scenes in the organization in the front office that pushed for him to sign Kemba. He's a cheap option. Whatever the logic was, there are people that probably push that push that signing, and there are probably people that were in contact with his agent or whatever to just you know smooth it over, make sure it got across the line, all these kind of things. When you do what Tibbs did, you're not just taking Kemba out of the rotation and not just insulting him, but you're also kind of like shitting on those people in the front office, whoever it was. I don't know, and I I say this. Having no idea who it was, by the way. I have no idea who the driving force of signing Kemba was. Or if it was just like a total like opportunistic thing that somebody came across and brought to the table and they were like, yeah, actually, that's great. I have no idea. But when you do sh- shit like that, it makes those people that push for that signing look stupid. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but it does mean you should communicate it openly and and have a conversation so that at least people are aware within the organization of what you're going to do. And when you don't do that, it pisses people off. And it pisses people off not just in the locker room, which we have a lot of reporting on. Uh, Ian Begley has reported that several times. Jonathan Macri has said it in his newsletter. I think it's been it, it, it's been pretty obvious too if you just kind of look at the quote unquote vibes of the team throughout the year. Um, 
I also think that like this internal discord stuff of the front office not being aligned with Tibbs and everything. I don't think that just happened overnight. I don't think that just happened because they traded for Cam Reddish. I don't think it just happened because the season's gone off the fucking rails here the last couple weeks. I think it happened earlier. And I think this Kemba thing was a part of it. Uh, I mean, a lot of reporting suggests that they were not pleased with, uh, like that, that Tibbs was probably not a driving influence. Right. And, uh, I I would presume that if that's the case, that early on in the season he had the same he had he has eyes just like I have eyes and you have eyes, Prez, and presumably Mark has eyes. And I think we all sense that whether you thought Kemba was cooked or not, he was no longer Kemba. Like he was not that Kemba that we're used to seeing. Even last year, he was not that guy. So um, I think he was out on him pretty early, and I just think that it's been a bad situation and that I think Tibbs like took a bad situation and made it as bad as it could possibly be. I think he burned a lot of bridges with the front office. I think he burned a lot of bridges uh, in terms of probably not a lot of players in the locker room, but I do think it definitely created rifts in the locker room um, and probably did not help his cause reaching various players. So I just think he's fucked this situation up so much. And the issue isn't so much about like benching Kemba, but the fact that how he did it earlier in the season. And then once Kemba came back and had that player of the week, I think he had already burned so much political capital. He had to stick with that stupid ass decision, even though he knew that Kemba was cooked and it's cost him a lot. I think it's cost him a lot. It's cost the team a lot. God knows it's cost me so much of my mental health. Um, but you know, thank God we are going to get some sanity back and Kemba will not be playing for the rest of the year. So I'm pretty, pretty pleased about that. Yeah. The politics question is an interesting one and you know, we can try to read the tea leaves and it's sometimes fun. Other times it's tedious. So I try to ignore it, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of smoke there, like you said. And, uh, in terms of the point you made about, (laughs) any rift that exists between Sibs and the front office happening over time. Yeah. That shit doesn't happen. Just yeah, like, you know, yeah, come on. That doesn't just happen. That's a great point. Yeah. And especially considering the part, like, yes, Tibbs is, he does it. He does his own thing. Right. But like, he knows these guys, he knows Wes for a while. He knows Leon for a while. He doesn't know Brock, which is why he's probably like, Oh, Brock, you fucking nerd or whatever. Hinky. But, hinky. <laughs> yeah. Hinky, he called him the, the reporting that he was like pejoratively calling him Hanky or whatever. Um, and it, it was one of those things where like, we've heard the more recent rumors about Wes pinning some of the blame on Tibbs, which Wes is right. So I don't really like whatever. Yeah, I don't, you, you don't, you don't fuck with quickly and Julius Randall, bro. More, Wes more, get you. more than that. <laughs> like, you, if we're just like keeping it a buck, like you don't fuck with Wes himself. Yeah. Like you don't get to where he's gotten as a as a person in this world of players and even outside of the NBA without really like it. it I, I he doesn't seem he seems like a guy who's collaborative, but who if you fuck with him, he's probably not used to that. So I'm sure he's probably you know, him and Tibbs are are both similar. They'll probably he's probably like fuck you, no fuck me, fuck you. Yeah, dude. It's, like, it's, it's a loyalty thing, right? And then. I think to your point about Wes, like, let's say Wes was the one that pushed for Ke- them to sign Kemba, right? Let's just say that he was the one. I don't know. And I am just saying this because I don't want anybody thinking I'm, like, reporting something. I have no fucking clue if Wes was the one. But if Wes was the one, okay, 
and he sees how that shit went down, like, if you're him, you're like, wait, wait, we hired you, and, like, a lot of the reason why we hired you is because we know your ass better than anybody else knows knows you, okay? And and you know us better than, than you know anybody else. Like, like, we have... Like, they have had a long-standing business relationship, right? And, like, we can pretend it's just business, but, like, agents and their clients in the world of sports is, like, that's, like, second to your fucking wife or something. You know? Like, that's, like, extremely binding relationship. That's your crew. (laughs) Yeah. And and so, and so for Tibbs, you know, whether Wes was the one that signed off on it or somebody close to Wes or whatever the fuck it was, I think that situation was just handled so poorly and it would have ruffled feathers across the front office, even with people that that didn't push for the signing. Because then you're probably like, shit, like, I asked, I, I told these motherfuckers to bring back Nerland's Noel. When's he gonna get, like, when's he gonna get pulled from the rotation? Like, like, like you know, I, I'm not, it sounds stupid, but, like, I do think this shit matters a lot. And, and I, I just can't imagine that, I mean, based on the reporting that's just out there, what, we don't know the specifics, but I do think it's safe to say that, like, that shit did not play out well for Tibbs anywhere in the organization, be it with the roster uh, or with the front office. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say about that is, like, uh, I think in a lot of ways the Knicks are lucky that they have the roster that they do. Yes. Um, because almost everybody on the Nick is a fantastic professional, um, young or old. Um, even the guys, like, the new guys, like Cam. Like, look at how Cam handled the situation in Atlanta. He told them, but he was... He wasn't like a dick about it. He was like, yeah, I think perhaps delusionally that I deserve $20 million in the starting spot. So can you move me? And they were like, okay, cool. Don't fucking go wild and we'll make it happen when we can. And within reason, they did it. And then, you know, Julius, RJ, these guys are like pros, pros. To the point where Evan Fournier, who is easily the most candid and blunt of all the Nick, he's not an asshole about it, like. You know, he's not fucking like Dennis Rodman or some shit or Scottie Pippen, but like he's just candid and, and polite. And he, yeah. he and he's, and he's that, happy to let you know that Tibbs does not run a good offense anytime yeah. you ask him. He, he's, <laughs> yeah, he keeps it 100 about like many things. And it's not even like good or bad. He just calls a spade a spade. Like I, I, in one, I, my favorite Evan Fournier quote of the season is um, after the whole stupid like Julius thumbs down gate, he, he was talking about how Julius is an emotional guy. And it's he wasn't saying that like slanderously. He, he was saying like Julius is this is how he is. He's he's very self perceptive. He's a little anxious. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and and he, he but then he totally wants you to think. No, I don't care. No, I don't care. Right, like I, I totally don't care. Dude, of course he wants you to think that. His idol is his his like big brother figure in the NBA was Kobe Bryant. So like yeah. he's trying to be Kobe, but he's he's he's. He's not built like that, and I don't mean. I mean, it's much more healthy to be built how Julius is built <laughs> than how Kobe is built. <laughs> so, so when Evan, when Ev, like I've seen some people talk about Evan online about like, oh, like he's he's fucking the coach. Like I didn't know that's the kind of vet they were looking for when they signed. I'm like, dude, he didn't say like Tibbs' mom is a bitch or something. <laughs> <laughs> like he was just he was just caught. He was just saying Julius is emotional. And this offense could use people getting touches and stuff like that. It's not. This isn't a coup. Well, the oh. dumbest thing, too, is people are like, well, he's the wrong person to say that. Who the fuck cares who said it? Like, do you agree? 
Do you agree the or best not? Person to say it on yeah, the team. That's and like that's that's like all that matters. Like, do you I agree? Want, with... I don't want Obi Toppin saying it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. And it's like I don't think he said anything that bad. He basically is just like, yeah, I think it would help if like there was a little bit more flow and we all got involved. Like, that's not like some. If you want to say that's criticism of Tibbs, that's like that would be such an extreme stretch. But like, I mean, yeah, it's pretty obvious that Evan is not um, Tibbs's biggest fan. I guess is probably the easiest way to say it. Evan came from Steve Clifford, man. So it's not like he's a he's new to hard ass coaches or anything like that. It's just he's just calling a spade a spade, man. I have no problem with how the Knicks players have like they've been through some shit. Even Julius, who I you know his body language has sucked. Whatever, like he's been through. I, my body language was sucked too. If I couldn't fucking shoot after turning into Larry Bird for a season, shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and who knows, like. Um... You know, his energy's picked up lately, whatever. Um, I know people still have issues with him, and that's fine. But, like, ultimately... Um, I got no qualms with where Julius is at right now. Yeah, and, and, and to your point about the roster, too, it's like, you know... I mean, I, I, I hate to bring this up. Like, if Obi was not represented by Leon Rose's son at CAA, uh, I have a... I would bet you a billion fucking dollars that that there would be way more reporting about his unhappiness or he'd be having his agent leak that his unhappiness or something. There'd be way more smoke about that because no fucking person drafted eighth overall is, and, and actually like very clearly improved at basketball from their rookie season to their sophomore season. Nobody with that kind of pedigree and background is going to simply just be happy getting, 12 to 15 minutes backing up Julius Randle. Like, it's not realistic to expect that. And, again, to your point, like, Tibbs is very lucky that a guy like OB and his overall situation and all these kind of things, like, he has not, that has not happened in his case. Because he definitely could be having a fucking tantrum if he wanted to. Yeah, Mark, I'm curious what you think, like, not of necessarily the politics and all of that, but, like, I'm always curious for other folks who cover other teams, and it's impossible to really be, like, neck deep in the equivalent of what we just discussed for all the teams. Mm-hmm. But, like, even though we've spent, where's the time tracker here? Like, 20 minutes basically talking about the politics internally of the Knicks. It's basically like Game of Thrones. It's like Game of Thrones, but I, but it's at the same time like it. I feel like it's all it's annoying, but it's kind of also low stakes. You know what I mean? Like we're ultimately talking about like minutes to IQ versus Burks and maybe Deuce. And yes, it's extremely important to us fans who are very invested in young players, especially in their development. But like. In terms of the big future of the Knicks, it's more like we just want to see our kids develop and also have a best chance of winning. But this isn't like I feel like it's not like the ghosts of Knicks clusterfuck past level. But yeah. am I am I just delusional here? No, I don't think you're delusional at all. And I'm I'm really psyched you guys had me on here because I I feel like I've almost been like a closet Knicks fan this year. Um I, I I mean I just went on like a binge the other day. I watched like four of their games during the Super Bowl just because I like I don't really give a fuck about football, um, and I wanted to catch up more on where I was at the Knicks. Um, 
And I think I just got angry. I need to interrupt Mark to just to just like restate that. This man during the Super Bowl watched four Knicks games. That is a special kind of That just tells you how long the fucking Super Bowl is. Or that, yeah. or that. <laughs> so I, also, I, I do have them condensed. I, I have a, I have a scouting service that allows me to do that. But I mean, uh, that's like slides. saying like I have like an MMA fight condensed. It's still gonna <laughs> fucking hurt, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, uh, it was just it's so tough to watch, man. Because I think, like. Obviously, like like you mentioned, I'm not on top of everything the same way that you guys are in, in seeing every single game, but I do keep up with with everything that's coming out. I, I mean, I listen to the pod with you guys. I, I keep up with John's newsletter. Um, I try and you know ingest as much as I can from every team to 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 have as much context as possible. And I mean, it, honestly, the court play has almost been even more telling than anything going on outside. Like last year, part of the reason I love the Knicks and just loved uh i mean i guess part of the reason i like like a hard-working whatever team I, I, i'm like the least republican person possible but i love like conservative republican ass basketball teams that just bring you consistent shit all the time even though they're not like the greatest ever um but like that the team just has never had that that same level of consistency this year in execution and that has been like so telling and where they're at um i don't i'm not trying to say that guys aren't aligned with tibs but i'd imagine that's part of it um and more importantly, like it just reeks in terms of the disconnect between Tibbs and the front office. Um, like I'll never forget when that when that Kemba video dropped. Like when Tibbs just like came out in the presser and did that. I was like, oh shit! Like it wasn't at the same level, but like uh, when Victor Oladipo announced that he wasn't going to play in the bubble through the Athletic, uh, I was like, oh wow, okay, that's wild. It didn't come from a team source, so. Um, I went to Pacers media availability the next day. And the first question somebody asked Nate McMillan was, how did you guys find out about, you know, Vic, about Victor not playing the bubble? Was that something he discussed with you guys before? And it's like, no, I found out the same way you guys did. And I was like, oh shit, that's not good. And uh, that's how it felt here. Like that's how it's felt throughout the season with the way things have come out. Um, like as soon as the reddish trade happened, I was like, okay, they're going to pivot. They, they know like this team is not going in the direction we wanted to this year. And it's going to be different. And that obviously has not played out. And I think that's where, you know, just another red herring about how uh, uh, not on the same page this team is. I mean, Tibbs coming out and saying the, the, the annoying ass quote about potential was like very clearly a shot at the front office and um, not wanting to um, not, not really being willing to, to give Cam minutes. And, and I get it. Like part of it is, Cam Reddish is not the guy that most people think. Like he's he's not a starting level player in the league yet. Um, the 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 flashes are really fun, but he's just not there consistently. I think he's had some f- actually pretty fun flashes with the Knicks, though. To be fair, but um, I'm, I'm with you, Press. Like I don't think that this is levels of of bad as as past Knicks teams, but I, in some ways it's almost more frustrating because it's not. And um, I don't want it to head in that direction. I don't think it it will, honestly. Like I think we're getting closer and closer to Tibbs getting fired potentially. Um, but like I just look at it and I see the excitement of some of the young guys on the roster and where this team was really going before um, things blew up last year in, in a positive way. Um, because I did feel really good about how the Knicks were going about things, even just prior to last year. Like I liked what they were doing. I, I I've, I've been encouraged by things and you see the fruits of that, but um, then Alec Burks plays 35 minutes in a game and 
it's just yeah there's there's a there's so many levels of frustration with what they're doing this year or, or not doing too and the fact that they're just not on the same page has been extremely frustrating from an outside perspective yes and before we talk a little bit more about our frustrations with the knicks i have to make an announcement hoops fans the latest offer from DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA's Too Good to Pass Up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. Now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Connecticut. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Okay, um, <clears throat> you mentioned the frustration. This is the frustration. This is the frustration because people can sit there and be like, well, the front office needs to like understand where Tibbs is coming from or, oh, the front office should just tell Tibbs what to do or like, I don't think either of those things is realistic. And so I guess what you can say is, oh, t- like the front office made a mistake hiring Tibbs. They should have known this is what he was going to do. And like, fine. If you want to put that on them, that's fair enough. But that is done. That is a decision that's already been made. So now, like, we can sit here and like, oh, they should have known. They should have known. It doesn't matter what they should have known. This is the coach. Okay. This is the situation is what it is. They're 25 and 34. The vets are not getting the job done. Tibbs' rotations are not getting the job done. Tibbs' decisions have not yielded rotations that get the job done. So what do you do? Okay, If Tibbs' fucking goal, and this is whatever it is, if his goal is we want to try and win games as long as we are within touching distance of the plane, okay, if that's what the entire thing is going to be, then for him to come out today, okay, after this Kemba thing, and this is what he said. I'm going to read the full quote because I think it's so insulting. And I hope he's just trolling, but like it is so insulting to read this. This is what he asked. When asked if a healthy Derrick Rose would start for the Knicks at point guard, Tom Thibodeau said, we'll see. I think just digging into the numbers, Alec has been our best option so far. Like, in what world is he been your best option? And you, like, I keep harping on this because he is not just fucking the Knicks over in a lot of ways, his team, the team that he is coaching. He is also fucking over Alec Burks. Alec Burks had no trade value at the trade deadline because of how Tom Thibodeau used it. People want to defend him. He doesn't have options. The front office didn't get him fucking prime Magic Johnson to run point. Just eat shit, okay? Like, 
That's all I can say. Just fucking eat shit. A huge bag of shit. A gigantic bag of steaming diarrhea. I want you to fucking eat it. Because that is the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Like, people are acting like he's the first coach in the history of fucking basketball to have a shitty point guard situation. A shitty point guard platoon. And like, like, oh, well, he can't, there's people, oh, well, we can't start quickly because what if quickly pees his pants when he plays with starters? Like, I don't know, dude. I don't see, like, why anybody who gets to the NBA would be terrified of playing with the starters or, like, doesn't have the goal of being a starter. Like, that is all their goals. That is the goal of every basketball player in the NBA when they've, especially their first fucking few years in the NBA, they all have the same goal. They all want to be. A starter. They all want to eventually be a star. They all they all have the same fucking goal. Okay, so this idea that quickly would be like mortified of playing with the starters is stupid. The other point, is, I had somebody tell me yesterday. Well, you know, you've talked about how like Tibbs has to put guys in position to succeed. Like, what if quickly is just like not in a position to succeed with starters, and like Tibbs is protecting him? Does any of Tibbs's decision indicate to you that he's trying to protect anybody? That he has anybody's interests? in terms of, like, what is best for their long-term development? Do any of his decisions speak to that? They do not. This fucking guy had R.J. Barrett running wind sprints at the end of, like, a back-to-back from Utah to fucking Denver in a game the Knicks were down 15 with under a minute left, okay? So I don't want to fucking hear about how Tibbs is maybe he's protecting Quickly's whatever the fuck. Like, that's all bullshit. The final point is this. Alec Burks is not a point guard. Tom Thibodeau has said since training camp, this is him, these are his words, this is what he said since training camp, we want to play with more pace, we want to play faster. And and he, he's talked about it, he said it many, many times, he's said it constantly, and his decision, these are his decisions, the point guards that he has tabbed to start 95% of the games for the Knicks have been Kemba Walker and Alec Burks. Either he is a liar, or he's a fucking idiot. I don't know which is true. It might be both. But right now, he's coaching stupid. He's coaching like a fucking asshole. He's coaching like a fucking idiot. And people that continue to justify this and continue to make excuses for it, oh, well, what if Quickly's not a point guard? I don't know. Like, are we going to die if Quickly's not a point guard and he starts a few games and we discover this for sure? Because. All I hear is people, oh, well, I don't think Quickly's a point guard. I don't give a single fuck what you think, bro. I don't care what you think. You're just an asshole on the internet like me. And you know what? I'm willing to accept that I might be wrong. I just want to fucking see it. Just fucking show me I'm wrong. Show me I'm wrong, and then we can all move on with our lives. But until then, I do not want to fucking hear what you think Quickly can be. Why Deuce could... Like, I don't think Deuce is ready to play NBA Minutes. Oh, really? I, I don't give a fuck what you think. I don't care what you think. I don't care what anybody thinks. Because, what, like, by this logic, we sh- like, if the Knicks had drafted Ayo Dasunmu, we wouldn't start him. Well, how- he was a second round pick. How could he be ready? I don't know. Why don't you fucking find out?
Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Yeah. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.